with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the road, that's where all this is going to happen, on the road, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? This is the most important question in the world to Jesus. Who do people say I am? And your answer tonight to that question determines whether you can see or not. So Jesus starts with a comfortable version of the question. He says, who do people say I am? Objective, right? Who do, who do your mates say he is? And the disciples go, yeah, yeah, we know this. We've been hanging out with the crowd for two and a half years. We've been listening to them. They go, Jesus is amazing. Jesus is cool. But who is Jesus? One word, prophet, a messenger of God, a man of God. Now, we know that that wasn't uniform. The Pharisees thought he was demonic from the devil. His family thought he was crazy. But most people said, wise religious guy. That's pretty much 2022, right? You ask a sensible person who wants to give a sensible answer about who Jesus is, they'll probably say, religious guy, wise, had some really good stuff to say. But like then and now, no one said Messiah. No one said God's promised king. And that's really shocking for us, isn't it? We know the answer. We read chapter 1, verse 1 of Mark's gospel when we were told the answer. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the king, the Messiah. We know the answer. It's a little bit like watching your best murder mystery movie, okay? Adults watch kind of boring ones on ABC, but think about ones that you guys watch, but you're watching it for the second time. So you've watched it and you've gone, oh, I've seen the... Oh, and then you watch it again and you go, oh, I can see that. All right, all right, all right. I can see it now. When we're reading Mark, it's like we're reading a murder mystery for the second time. But everyone else is looking at Jesus like a magic eye diagram. Supposedly, next slide, that's a picture of the Harbour Bridge or a donkey. I've got no idea what it is. I've never been out to see them. But that's what they're seeing when they look at Jesus. Lots of stuff, but no clarity. Look at verse 29. Jesus says to his best friends, but you, who do you say I am? I reckon there was a pause. I reckon everyone looked at each other. Everyone looked at Peter and Peter went, all right. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're God's anointed king. You're the one that Israel has been waiting since King David for. You're the one who's going to overthrow enemies, regather God's people. You're going to rule as God's king. You know what Jesus said? Yes. That's the right answer. I am the Christ. In Matthew's gospel, look what Matthew, Jesus says to Peter. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. That's just another name for Peter. But because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. See what Jesus is saying there? He's saying it's God who's enabled you to go from unseeing to seeing, just like Jesus did to the blind man. If you're sitting here at church at 6.30 tonight and you trust Jesus, you might trust Jesus this much. That much. doesn't matter. You only have that faith because God gave it to you. 
You are only trust Jesus because God has taken the things off your eyes. The opposite's the case. You hang out with guys at school and at uni and at work and you're so frustrated by their dumb answers about Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't exist. You made him up. Jesus can't be God because God and man can't be the same. Jesus is a fool. Jesus is a dot, dot, dot. And you're sitting there going, I've explained it and I've explained it. And they just keep saying, what you've got to teach yourself is don't be frustrated. They're just blind. They can't see what you have seen. You need to pray for them. So Peter, totally right. Tick. And Jesus says, be quiet. Verse 30, see it there? And he strictly warned them to tell no one about him. It's like a rebuke. Jesus is saying, you must not speak about me, Peter. Why? Because Jesus says Peter is not ready to speak. If Peter opens his mouth and talks about Jesus, he'll say something critically wrong. He will raise false expectation and he'll confuse friends and enemy because Peter only half sees. Look at verse 31. Then he began to teach them that it was necessary for the Son of Man, that's Jesus, to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and scribes, be killed and rise after three days. Do you note the tone here? It's not gloomy or fatalistic. He's not going, woe is me, I've got a hard road ahead. It's Mission Impossible. If you've ever watched one of the 17 Mission Impossible movies, right, it's this is Jesus' mission and he's choosing to accept it, okay? And what's the mission of Jesus the Messiah? It's to suffer and die, just as it says in Isaiah 53 and Zechariah 9 and other parts of the Old Testament. And so to the disciples, they need to realise there's not going to be a red carpet, there's not going to be popularity, there's not going to be a quick victory over the Romans, and there's not going to be wealth. Jesus is going to suffer and die at the hands of the political and the religious leaders who are going to say, you're a counterfeit coin. Let's kill you. Now, why does Jesus tell them that? Because if you say you see Jesus clearly... You are saying you see a suffering Messiah. If you say you see Jesus clearly, then you see a suffering Messiah. That Jesus' suffering and death were not the triumph of evil. Evil does not win when Jesus dies on the cross on Good Friday. It is the divine plan of God. And if you have forgiveness of sins tonight or righteousness from God or you know you're going to go to heaven you know that that came through Jesus dying on a cross, a gruesome, awful, terrible cross, and rising again as God's anointed king. See what happened to the disciples? They're appalled. We can't grasp that, I don't think, because we live this side of the first Easter. They were so appalled at that. Who would invent a way to be saved that included disaster, despair and death? 
You know, you can visit churches in Orange this morning who do not believe Jesus died on a cross. It's too foolish. It's too embarrassing. There are leaders of the Christian church in Australia who do not believe Jesus died on a cross, who have airbrushed it out. It's too embarrassing. We can't talk about God dying on a cross. Well, these people need to learn from Peter, who tried that. He took Jesus aside and said, Hey, Jesus, I think you're the Christ, but this information about you suffering, it's wrong. You've got the wrong message. Jesus was revulsed. Look what he said. He spoke the harshest words he ever spoke to a friend. Get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. What Jesus is saying here is, for anybody to stop Jesus doing his mission of going to the cross is parallel to what the devil did in the wilderness in tempting Jesus to have an easy kingdom. So when Peter's trying to care for his buddy saying, oh, don't suffer, that he is speaking as the spokesman of God's ultimate enemy. Because Jesus and the Mandalorian, very similar here, right? This is the way. Suffering is the way for Jesus to be the Messiah. He could not be a Messiah without suffering. So when we cut it out, when we skip those pages in the Bible, when we, when we don't like Jesus on the cross, it's too icky, we only end up with a Jesus who just tells you to be nice. Vomit. A Jesus that only wants you to be nice, that's not worthy of following. Or a Jesus that just says, do good things, do good things, do good things, do good things. Or a Jesus who says, if you trust me, life will be easy. But it never happens. You see, there is no hope or salvation without Jesus suffering. And if you're going through nonsense and hard times at the moment, a Jesus who never suffered is no comfort for you, is it? You'll never be able to say, I know what you're going through because I've done that first. And now we see the point of the two-stage healing, don't we? Peter, he's half blind. He gets Jesus is the Christ. Tick, absolutely right. He is the Christ, but he doesn't get Jesus' mission. Totally blind to Jesus' mission. But to see Jesus carefully, you need to have both. Jesus needs to be Christ, King, Saviour, strong, and he needs to go to a cross. Now, there's lots of questions you've got to wrestle with in life. You've got to look in the mirror and go, what's my purpose? I was having a wonderful conversation with a, um, a friend this morning and they were sharing with me just 2022 has been the year of trying to work out their purpose in life because 2021 their plan was ruined and they've turned up in orange and they don't know what God's doing with their life. That's a good wrestle. But there is a greater question. There is a greater question. And it's not from Oprah. Oprah says this, 
Your real job in life is to figure out as soon as possible what your purpose is and what you're meant to be and begin to honour your calling. That's nice. There's a bigger question. And the question is, who do you say Jesus is? It is the most important question in your life. French uh, leader, Napoleon, you may have heard of him, he said this about Jesus. I know men, and I tell you Jesus Christ was not a mere man. Superficial minds see a resemblance between Jesus and the founders of empires. I search in vain to find anyone similar to Jesus and the gospel. Hit a big picture of Jesus. So who do you say Jesus is tonight? Do you know in, I can tell in less than a minute if you're blind or can see? I'm not special. Blind people answer that question like this. Yeah, Jesus, he's powerful, he's loving, he's kind of out there, he's like God. It's very vague. A blind answer to Jesus is very vague. But a person who sees says this, Jesus is the Christ, tick, he is my saviour, he is my king, he is my hope, he is my saviour king. One is vague, one is personal, blind, see. Mark has been teaching us for 10 weeks what it means to see Jesus clearly. So what is a person who sees Jesus clearly? Well, let me tell you. Christians are those who see and accept the truth about themselves. We sit here and we say we are sin sick. Our hearts are dirty. And the problem is not someone else. The problem is in me. And so if I was to meet God tonight and I was at the door of heaven and God said, Ed, should I let you into heaven? My answer is not because I dot, dot, dot. It's never because I dot, dot. It's not because I am good or I obey the commandments or I do nice things or I'm better than that person. My answer is this, you shouldn't. You shouldn't let me in. I, my heart is dirty and I need help. A Christian is someone who sees and accepts the truth about Jesus. Jesus is not vague. He's not the force. He is our suffering King who went to the cross on Good Friday in our place to pay the punishment for our dirty heart. And when he died and rose again, he gave us forgiveness and reconciliation and eternal life. And I contributed nothing. And a Christian is those who are obedient to Jesus. See it there in verse 34? Calling the crowd along with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone wants to follow after me, 
Let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. What Jesus is saying there, it's not theoretical. It's not just an idea you have in your brain. Jesus says, all those who want to be Christian have to deny themselves. That is not giving up chocolate next weekend. It's not giving up a promotion at work. It's not giving up the money you give to church. It's not giving up the time to serve at Adrenalites. It's not you doing good or nice things. It comes from the first century. Because if you're in Rome or Jerusalem or Corinth, you would often see blokes, mainly blokes, carrying a big wooden beam on their shoulders. They were carrying their cross so they would be executed. That's what it meant to carry a cross. If you saw someone carrying their beam, you knew they were about to die. You see, carrying the cross is about putting to death, a death. And so what is Jesus saying here is to deny oneself and take up your cross is to put to death self-government. That is where you are in the driver's seat and God is in the back seat. And what Jesus says is to become a Christian is to say, I have King God, King Jesus, not King human. That God is in the driver's seat of my life. And so when they look at my internet history, God is in control. When they look at my relationship with my boyfriend or girlfriend, God is in control. When they look at me working out my values and who my calling is, God is in control. Because God is driving because I put to death self-government. Those who see Jesus clearly willingly put God on the throne. Do Who do you say Jesus is? If Jesus is your servant king tonight, the only application is praise and thanks to God. Because who opened your eyes? Who gave you faith? Who helped you believe? It's all God. And so if you're a Christian tonight, you leave here tonight so thankful to God. But if you're sitting there tonight and you're going, that's not who I see Jesus is, but I'd really like to. I want to see life that way. I want to become a Christian then God has done an amazing thing in your life right now. And what I'll do is I'm going to pray a prayer. It's a prayer that helps you become a Christian. If you're a Christian, don't become a Christian again. You don't need to. You're always a Christian. Don't ever let anyone trick you that you need to keep becoming a Christian and become a Christian. You don't. You're a Christian. God has already opened your eyes. But if you've never, ever prayed to God to become a Christian. Do it tonight. It's the best thing in the world. Let me pray this prayer. I'll read it to you first. Lord Jesus Christ, I accept the truth about myself. Thank you for showing me what I am truly like. Out of my heart comes all evil things and I accept I can do nothing myself. Lord Jesus Christ, I accept the truth about you. Thank you for showing me that you are Lord and King Thank you that you gave your life for me on the cross. Lord Jesus Christ, I need your help. 
Please forgive my sin and please enable me to live joyfully under your loving rule. If you're ready to do that tonight, why don't you pray? Pray it in your heart. Okay? But if you're a Christian, you can pray this as a reminder or you can pray it for someone else that you want to become a Christian. While we pray. Lord Jesus Christ, I accept the truth about myself. Thank you for showing me what I'm truly like. Out of my heart comes all evil things, and I accept I can do nothing myself. I, Lord Jesus Christ, I accept the truth about you. Thank you for showing me that you're the Lord and King, and thank you that you gave your life for me on the cross. And Lord Jesus Christ, I need your help. Please forgive my sin. Please enable me to live joyfully under your loving rule. Amen.